The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you all for listening with us today. We're very glad that you have joined us. Thank you for participating with us here on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for visiting Spirit of Recovery on the Facebook uh, page there and for liking Spirit of Recovery. That's great. We love hearing from you. We love getting your comments. We love getting your emails and hearing how your recovery, how your life, how your spiritual walk is going for you. Thanks also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, your spiritual communities know about Spirit of Recovery. It's great to have the opportunity to broadcast on the topic of recovery here on Unity Online Radio. And we are always bringing you guests who get you thinking, who are down to earth, who open up new possibilities for you in your life, in your recovery, in your spirituality, and people who are walking the talk. Every week we do bring topics that are important to the recovery community and our guests are either people who are in recovery themselves, who work with or write for recovering people and who are always bringing you practical information and great inspiration. We want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place, that recovery is a large tent and that if you're a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone who has the disease of addiction, whether or not you're in your own recovery um, as a family member or friend, or if you're just curious about the process of recovery and you're looking for more information, we are welcoming you here at Spirit of Recovery. We welcome you as a listener and your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth, recovery, and spiritual development. And my walk continues to be an integration of the unity and recovery principles that keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. 
So I'm delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas, these spiritual principles, these concepts with you, and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and your recovery walk. Today, my topic here on Spirit of Recovery is Living Spirituality, Developing Your Unique Relationship with Your Higher Power. You know, coming into recovery means that spirituality's got to be real. It's got to be authentic. Um, a higher power spirituality is no longer just a theoretical proposition. It's got to be uh, something that really supports a person in living a better quality of life and in understanding life from a greater perspective. And so that spiritual relationship comes for a lot of people in recovery through listening to other people's experiences, from following suggestions, from reading. But we know that most of all that spiritual development comes through the personal effort that each person makes to communicate with that great goodness that is uh, something that we probably can't understand intellectually, but that we really do feel and know within our own hearts and minds. And each person has to develop their own personal, their own unique relationship with that greater power, that power of goodness. Today, my guest is Mary. Mary's going to be sharing with us about what it means for her to live her spirituality. Mary is a woman in recovery with over three decades of high-quality recovery. And she's going to share her unique journey, how it is that she continues to explore, to develop her unique relationship with that higher power and how that impacts her daily life and her vision of what life is all about. So, Mary, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Oh, hi, Anna. Yeah. We're very glad that you're uh, here with us today. So... Yeah. Mary, I know you've got a, a really uh, rich spiritual life, and you've got lots to share with us. So could you start us off by telling us about how you got into recovery and when? Because you've got uh, long-term recovery. How did you get into recovery? Well, <clears throat> I actually got sober in 1974, and previous to that, um, I had been actually a couple of times uh, in an institution and uh, went through a lot of counseling and and uh, even had started in AA, but in 1974, it finally, um, it finally worked for me, and that was through AA, and uh, it's been a, a great trip ever since then. Mm-hmm. What was it that uh, you think finally caught on for you? At that time, was it it's something about the twelve step program, or what really uh, got you got you in there and and got you in there to stay? Well, it was. I think when I initially went, I wasn't ready to give up the alcohol, and uh, as I continued to go, I was still drinking. But in 1974, um, it had just progressed to extremes, and I had a five year old boy that. I knew that if I continued to drink, I would lose him uh, custody to my ex-husband. But at that point when I went, I listened to other people, and I realized that everything that they were saying would eventually maybe happen to me or worse, or whatever I could imagine would be what would happen to me. And so I was able to reach out for help. One of the biggest things I experienced in AA was... There were people there working the program 
who had done things just as bad as I had done and were wonderful people, and they liked me. And it had been a long time in uh, my alcoholic days that anybody had really liked and accepted me. So AA, and then the, the steps, I went to 90 meetings, 90 days. And um, the spiritual part, which is the whole of AA, really can't take any of the steps out of the spiritual, um, continues to, for my whole life, is the most important part of my life. And I, I absolutely find it necessary to live it not just for staying sober, but to really appreciate the life that I've had the grace from the universe to be given again. And uh, it's been very good. What was it um, about when you came into AA in the beginning? um, You said, you know, you did feel the fellowship. You felt that people accepted you and liked you. What Mm -hmm. was it spiritually that, that spoke to you when you first came in? You know, it was, I think, a nonverbal. It was something within the people, within the group, and um, I've always been a person that has had a hard time identifying my higher power as God. I've used various names, but the whole nature of letting go and letting God or surrender was um, a very effective way of living life, and um, it wasn't that I had to be a good person to earn, you know, the grace of God. It was maybe just the opposite. Um, it was this uh, this inner need to surrender to something that um, finally was able to help me quit drinking. Um, the drinking was, was uh, a spiritual defect. It wasn't, I couldn't handle it intellectually or or in any other way. Um, I tried always, but this was a spiritual uh, connection. And I, I, to, to this day, I, I don't quite understand it, but I know it's there. Mm-hmm. You said something really interesting. You said that it's always been difficult for you to call your higher power God. And mm-hmm. so what was your early... Uh, view or early experience of religion or spirituality that you had uh, coming into sobriety and and sort of what happened to that? How did you begin to formulate something that was going to speak to you? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, ironically, I've always gone to church, um, Methodist and um, Quaker Church and Unitarian, and, and I feel that even before I started drinking, um, I was looking for something. And um, I, over the years, um, but I think primarily in AA was where I found the kind of higher power I was looking for. Um, it was uh, non judgmental, it included, you know, any spiritual approach. Um, there was. There were no rules. It was very, very simple. And um, sometimes when a church group would come to my door and, you know, give me a pamphlet, I would say, you know, I, I belong to AA and that, that's my spiritual church. And it's worked so well for me. I, I've expanded in other areas, but um, I've always been looking, although I've always had a little trouble. I think my grandmother's Pentecostal upbringing may have 
kind of uh, influenced me uh, in regards to the name God, but it doesn't matter so much now as I get older. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the or messages you got from people in AA or early on about higher power, about spirituality? Uh, did people share with you how they saw their higher power, or did they share with you how to practice the 11th step, the prayer meditation step, or what What were some of the concrete things that people uh, shared with you early on about spirituality or higher power? Well, I, you know, we were always sharing that, you know, whether it was in the meetings or at coffee or any of the social gatherings, our, all our, our approaches to the higher power. And, um, of course, when there was difficulty, someone would say, are you practicing step three, you know, which would ring a bell, and that would remind us to turn it over. But um, I remember one man, and I've seen it, uh, oh, this is many years ago, and he said, you know, my, the degree of my difficulties or my handling of life is in direct proportion to my connection with my higher power, my relationship is what he said. And um, I feel that's very significant, um, and that, uh, needs to be maintained no matter whether your things are going smoothly or things are going poorly. Uh, it's the relationship you have, and you get to, through meditation, prayer, um, meetings, um, friendships, and uh, I, I, it's always, uh, like I say, over the years, um, many, many people have offered their approaches to the higher power, but they all come to the same place is surrender and letting God guide our life or whatever it is. There's some kind of, I don't know, very beneficial presence that, that knows what is best for us. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know if that's concrete enough. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, what um, was, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. What were some of the uh, struggles that you had early on um, in searching for that relationship or creating that relationship? Um, I, uh, it's funny because in the whole, well, 39 years of sobriety, um, every day I actually struggle with it. And you would think struggle is bad, but I think it's my way of, of, of keeping this very, very close to my heart. Um, there have been hard times uh, that um, one time when my son was illegally taken out of state, that was probably the most traumatic part of my sobriety. Everything worked out fine. But I remember, um, for instance, going to meetings and, and deeply surrendering and uh, to this experience, and it was... It was absolutely incredibly painful. However, I, I felt something nurturing me all along and supporting me. There were times in deep grief and fear that all of a sudden I'd feel this little kernel of joy, which was, you know, and, and that was one of the challenges. Other challenges, um, I've, uh, I've never felt like drinking, and that was a blessing that I, I experienced, um, the, the obsession was lifted from me, but um, I, it's hard to pinpoint um, 
exact experiences because I, I can kind of, I, there's just been ups and downs. And uh, I was going to say that the wonderful thing about the spiritual program that I've developed in AA is even when you feel like you've lost the connection with your higher power or if it's not working, it always is working. And I tell some people when they come in, they, um, they'll say, well, I have trouble with the second and third step. And I said, well, it is still working for you. It doesn't matter. you know. It's, so um, that's very reassuring to me that uh, uh, this uh, wonderful spiritual presence is always there, even if we can't see it. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful uh, and beautiful concept. Tell tell us some more about how how do you know that? How do you know that it's still working even if you can't feel it? Well, for one thing, I'm sober. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a wonderful son uh, who's 42 now. He was five when I came in the program. I've had so many wonderful people in my life that have always brought answers and help and love into my and into this uh, sober life. And um, even today, um, as I get older, um, I think we feel more and more what a treasure life is, especially when you have the grace of having a second chance for life that that I was given as an alcoholic. And uh, I, um, I, I feel this presence, particularly when I'm outside. I meditate. Um, and little occurrences will be apparent to me, uh, like answers to small prayers. And um, I do pray, and uh, I try to ask that God's will be done in this prayer. But, it, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I think that's a, a very important part because we can't sometimes actually, uh, we have to let, let go of control and... Um, that's how I use it today. Uh, does that answer your question? I- yeah, yeah, it does. It, it sounds like that you are really aware of those the many small gifts uh, that really are huge gifts that show up every day. Mm-hmm. That you you're aware of it. That you pay, you're paying attention. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Yeah, that, time- that's very yeah. true. Um, when you said paying attention. Um, it's, uh, I read a lot of spiritual, um, well, anything I could, I've, I've looked at Buddhism, Buddhism and, and of Christianity and I get these CDs and I think reading and even looking at CDs is very, very beneficial. And, and then I practice and, um, and then I watch, like, to pay attention is one of, a big factor, um. In, in your daily experience to, to what is the merging of the spiritual and what we think of as material. And, uh, okay. Hold on to that thought. It's time for our break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to continue with this topic of living spirituality, developing your unique relationship with your higher power with my guest, Mary. And she's going to tell us some more about how it is that she pays attention to that daily presence. We'll be right back. You are 
are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave The Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because The Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life, whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles. They cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. Thank you for listening. If you're just joining us, our topic today is Living Spirituality, Developing Your Unique Relationship with Your Higher Power. And today I'm talking with my guest, Mary, who has over three decades of quality recovery. And she's sharing with us how she has developed that relationship and continues to develop her relationship with that uh, good power that is greater than herself and of which she is a part. She's sharing with us how she continues to explore, to read, to study, and to most of all make that daily uh, appointment to communicate with that power and how that really makes a big difference in her life, how spirituality is so practical. Before I get back to my conversation with Mary, I'd invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute, a brief moment of sharing a constructive idea and relaxing in the quiet. So share with me this constructive idea and then we'll have a moment of stillness, a moment of quiet. 
I let my mind be quiet, and I pay attention to life. I let my mind be quiet, and I pay attention to life. friends for joining me here in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that that was a blessing to you, that it allowed you to become still, to relax, and to feel that vibrancy that is life. And now I'm back to our conversation with Mary, talking about living spirituality and developing that unique relationship with your higher power. So Mary, before the break, you... uh, shared with us about how you are you do pay attention and you were sharing with us how you study and read and uh, listen to cds watch dvds and so forth to learn about various spiritual approaches tell us some of the things that you read some of the things that you uh, listen to what is it that informs you as you develop your relationship with your higher power um yeah well first off of course from AA, the 12 by 12, um, the information uh, that it gives, not just for the spiritual, but also our human relationships. And um, they, uh, then I've also attended the Buddhism uh, Center here. And um, what's been helpful, though, are just some very simple things that always echo the, what I've learned in AA, and um, I want I uh, the the surrender part is the primary part. Surrender to to what is happening right now, um, and as you mentioned, paying attention. These are all um, practices that are are almost universal with um, either AA or Buddhism or Christianity, and uh, they. Um, the contact in the meeting, so, is important because you actually share and develop it with other people who are also uh, on the same on the same wavelength in, uh, from the meetings. Um, I uh, I like uh, some of the teachers in uh, the contemporary teachers who who talk about uh, living in the present moment. Um, then. Some of the practices from some of the other spiritual traditions about developing compassion, putting yourself in other people's shoes to see how they feel. Uh, let's see. And the, uh, I was rereading actually my twelve by twelve last night. There were examples, for instance, like um, the spiritual axiom in in AA is whenever we are disturbed or out of balance, uh, there's something wrong with us, not wrong morally, but simply we're out of balance and that we need to look at ourselves rather than look at other people's problems and see where we can 
um, change some, you know, ask for help in changing something within ourselves. And uh, so it's very, um, most of it really boils down to in all the, whether it's Christianity or the AA or, or Buddhism, very uh, simple principles that are shared. Um, not dwelling in negative thinking is, is a common one, too, and that's emphasized in, in the 12 by 12 is uh, not necessarily being an optimist, but looking at your thoughts and knowing that negativity is not just the direct way to a drink of alcohol, but also it is something that that spreads out through your life and can cause depression or can cause relationship difficulties and uh so there's a lot of a lot of things that I probably for I could talk about for hours, but does that answer your question, Anna? Or? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I know that um, that you really do love the twelve by twelve book. That that's a, a big mm-hmm. part of your growth. What else is in there that really speaks to you? Because I know that's a real one that's close to your heart. The wisdom in yeah. that book. <clears throat> one of the reasons I like. In my early sobriety, where I developed, uh, where I attended AA the most, my 90 meetings, 90 days, we had a lot of step meetings, and we would go into different rooms and small groups and discuss them. And um, I, um, yeah, I marked a couple of places. I, the one that it really means a lot to me, since fear has become such a huge part of my life, I've had experiences with depression and drug addiction in addition to the alcoholism. But the one in the 12 by 12 says the chief activator of our defects has been self-centered fear, primarily fear that we would lose something we already possessed or would fail to get something we demanded. And that one sentence I found is common to other traditions or even to I can see it in my daily life um, that if I live in a moment of, of demanding that I want a certain kind of outcome, that's going to set me up for some kind of suffering and for others too. And so that's where, again, it leads to paying attention and turning it over or letting go. That was one sentence I absolutely have always loved. Another, There's some others... Um, Let's see. There's so much. I I probably can't even cover all of them. Um, I've mentioned too that I've always remembered the spiritual axiom and uh, the 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 uh, concept of fear. But there's also in the twelve by twelve a valuable one for humility. I can't locate it right now, but um, it uh, speaks about the alcoholic who out of fear, actually, um, tries to live at the top of the heap or almost at the bottom of the heap, uh, but doesn't take responsibility for being a part of life or part of a group. And um, it, uh, there was a sentence to that effect was, we have never, you know, really lived as a, as a a part of something bigger. We always wanted to be the best or get the most, which are essentially very emotional, uh, mostly immature attitudes. Well, summing to my book, and I've got these pages. Oh, another one is 
very, very good is um, justifiable anger. And I think in today's society we see a lot of what's called justifiable anger. For the alcoholic, though, if you, even if you have a valid complaint, it's okay to go ahead and speak your feelings. However, to just totally cling to your idea of being right is a very destructive thing, particularly for an alcoholic, and uh, because um, we have to have flexibility, we have to, uh, you know, see the world as being a part of our, our world. And uh, they've got a good sentence here um, that justifiable anger for the alcoholic has to be let go of and uh, let other people handle that kind of feeling. Um, those are some of the primary ones. And, of course, the step two and step three, I when I first came in a step two, really meant a lot to me. That was where we came to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And uh, I'd had a very, uh, a lot of emotional difficulties even before my drinking. And when I heard that those of us who were honest with ourselves and came to the meetings could become sane, that was a revelation to me. After all, the I'd had many people try to help me, but that uh, step two was was very, very, very reassuring and hopeful. So, now great. Thank you for yeah. uh, sharing all that. It's it, there is there's so much wisdom in that, and it's clear that you take it to heart and that you really put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Uh, the 12 by 12 is your your special book that's so close to your heart. I know, too, though, that you love the, the big book or the book Alcoholics Anonymous, too. Uh-huh. What are some things in that one that stand out for you that are part of your walk? Well, and, you know, um, I haven't – I've read the big book, and I can't remember very much, but I basically um, – I love the stories of people – being honest, and a lot of it were early stories of AA, and they were kind of some language in the big book is is very dramatic, and I loved it. Uh, I think that um, because I attended the meetings, I did. We didn't read the book. We read big book maybe in huge groups, but in the small groups, it was mostly at 12 by 12. So I'm sorry. I I don't have a lot of information on the big book. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Uh, but you did bring up an important topic, though, the stories. The, mm-hmm. uh, they are incredible. They're amazing mm-hmm. stories of people, yeah, yeah, their lives transformed and all, all these things that happen um, to people because they're willing to mm-hmm. get in touch with their spirituality. And as you mentioned, one big part of those stories is honesty. Mm-hmm. How is honesty mm-hmm. a part of spirituality? Oh, I think um, uh, in the in the uh, preamble, it, it says those of us who are willing to be honest with ourselves can recover. And um, honesty has something to do with every single aspect. Um, and when you become honest, and if you become, say, you accept responsibility, not necessarily for making your life the way it is, but if you've 
wronged yourself or wronged another person, um, <clears throat> when you accept that responsibility, then you can turn it over to God, and then things change. Um, when we're blaming others, there is little possibility of interchange because for some reason, and uh, it needs to be owned before it can transform. Um, and the honesty I felt from all the other people I ever talked to in AA um, helped me so much because I lived on a, I, I hid things because it was, it was, I was guilty. I found it hard to tell the truth or to be honest with myself and others because I felt I had so much to hide. But these people were honest, and when they were honest, I felt uh, a, a chance to be honest. And also it removes a lot of fear. Once honesty comes in the picture, you don't have to fear things anymore because there's nothing to fear. It's just fearful only if you're being dishonest. And you can trust yourself, too, when you're when you're able to uh, find honesty in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like yeah, honesty. Honesty is a big one. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like it gives a, maybe it sounds like a foundation for mm-hmm. living in in what's actually going on and not, not creating um, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. complications in a way, I guess. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, exactly. Because with honesty... You can live and and really relate to other people, relate to your higher power, and without it, um, it's not a real life anymore. It's so, <laughs> and so it, it's not drinking necessarily, but it's not it's not what life has to offer. Mm-hmm. How has um, you talked some about how honesty has changed your? relationship with yourself has honesty had an impact on your relationship with other people yeah um i think a big thing for alcoholics is first of all i mentioned that when we come in and over the years there is an emotional immaturity it it, it's kind of like i want what i want and i want it now and it it really um even grows the more you drink um, for the honesty part in my relationships, um, I'm trying to remember. This, but, um, if I, uh, what was the question again, Anna? <laughs> Just how, how's honesty impacted your relationships with other people, with your family, oh. or? Well, it's it, as I mentioned before. I'm able to not only just trust other people, but I find I can trust myself and um, it's that I can be a, a real person with other people and I can at times if I feel like with another alcoholic if I open up and share what has happened to me and sometimes it's not easy to do because of things that happen with alcohol but it does give that other person the opportunity to do the same and just the same as I experienced when I came in in AA. But also with, in, with society at large, uh, when I'm honest with other people, usually other people will respond likewise. Uh, and so it's a very good connection to, to everything and to everybody as long as it's not um, 
mean honesty or something, you know, it's something to, uh, but something that you want to, to develop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's important. It's a big deal. Honesty is really an important spiritual principle. It's time for our, our second break here, so we're going to uh, take that break and stay with us. We're going to be back talking about living spirituality, developing your unique relationship with your higher power with my guest, Mary, who has over three decades of quality recovery and who really does explore and live authentically a spiritual life. We'll be right back. with childlike wonder what is the nature of god who is jesus what is the christ how do we know what we know when you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical intangible aspects of life you are on some level a student of metaphysics new from unity house and nearly five years in the making heart-centered metaphysics a deeper look at unity teachings is now available this is paul hasselbeck author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on shop. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary. Topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. 
Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Living Spirituality, Developing Your Unique Relationship with Your Higher Power. My guest is Mary. She is a woman with over three decades of quality recovery, and she is sharing with us how she continues to explore um, different spiritual traditions, how she continues to work her 12-step recovery program, and to uh, do that daily practice of uh building that relationship with her higher power and she's talking with us today about how that spirituality makes a real difference in her life. So Mary, I know that uh, you practice your spirituality uh, certainly in those times that are difficult. What do we do when, you know, we get really hurt and we just want to grind on something and close down? Mm -hmm. How do we handle that spiritually in a different way? Um, it's always a new discovery for me because it is hard when you're down or depressed. Uh, I know one big thing, and it's always been in my life, has been a struggle with depression. And um, not so much now because I'm, uh, I've got, you know, I have a way of handling it. And a lot of it has to do with spirituality um, and some of it is just getting out and taking a walk. And I think about, I look up at the sky, I look at the leaves, and suddenly I feel the presence of, of this, this, this um, what is behind all my depression, and, it, and it's a, a calm, loving presence. And when times are hard now, you know, everybody has uh, these times, I think when I was younger, I actually physically went to more meetings so that I could talk about what was happening, but not just to release it, but to apply the principles of the program. And um, a lot of it worked and in invisible ways and also on hindsight. I could see how the 12 steps in handling problems. Um, and I think, too, with... Some of the other um, spiritual programs, uh, for instance, Buddhism, um, uh, their emphasis on that there is the potential for great spiritual growth in any really difficult situation. I think Christianity embodies that, too, that um, as hard as things are, uh, that there's something just as meaningful and much more, uh, much bigger to be experienced behind that very, very difficult situation. And um, for um, for difficult things sometimes, um, with the Buddhist program, they have very pragmatic practices that I mentioned about putting yourself in another person's shoe to see how he experiences life and... Um, also, small prayers, praying for their well-being um, and uh, their health, and even for our, our the, the particularly for people we dislike, which again is in the Christianity program, um, is praying for them and uh, wishing for their well-being. Because basically, when we dislike some person, it's something within us, which again is the AA program spiritual axiom, but. Um, these are really practical things, um, 
And you mentioned one, paying attention. Um, when I am in a, a difficult time in my life, I know that trying to leap ahead to the future or think about the past is, is, uh, not, is very harmful, I think, staying in the present and, and really just paying attention to what I, I, you know, experiencing at the present moment has its huge benefits. Um, because sometimes, you know, things are too painful really to even think about. So you just kind of stop thinking. And meditation is very, very important. Um, and prayer, uh, going into, you know, being by yourself at least 20 minutes a day and resting your mind, um, counting your breaths and, uh, just so you get a different perspective on what is happening. Uh, it, it's all in that change of perspective, I think, for people. Does that mm-hmm. cover things? Or Sure, yeah, it does. It's, it's like you're speaking of getting a, as you said, it is a difference of perspective. It's getting out of that, it's not dismissing ourselves, but it's getting out mm-hmm. of that fear-based self-centeredness and starting to look Yeah, yeah right, bigger. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that uh, certainly that brings up in my mind is the relationship uh, that we have with our families. And a lot mm-hmm. of times for people that have the disease of alcoholism or other addiction, uh, the family relationships mm-hmm. are very difficult. And I know you've experienced some real healing uh, in relationships in your family. Would you be willing to share some about that and how the spirituality was a part of that? Oh, yeah. Um, I think, uh, first of all, when I got sober, originally it was because my mother had gone to Al-Anon, and they had referred her to a member of AA to take me to a meeting. That was when I discovered AA. Was uh, And with my mother, um, I think most alcoholics have a very strong, independent person in their family who often, like I said, the best of intentions, tries to direct the alcoholic's life because it's a very painful family experience for everybody. It's horrible for the parents. And my mother um, was such a, she was a wonderful person and, and compassionate, and she tried desperately to heal me. But in the end, I think that um, there was a lot of anger, um, not only towards my mother towards me because of the alcoholic pain I'd caused her, but um, my own um, confused inability to to even be a person uh, with my own mind. And I think that when she went to Al-Anon, I sensed something had changed because I could feel that the pressure was suddenly, it wasn't there anymore. She had, I think, effectively let go of me. And that opened up um, a chance for me to feel my own pain um, instead of reacting to hers. And uh, I think uh, it was really a miracle. I mean, I, it didn't look like it at the time, but I realized that a lot of my um, uh, my inability to even take responsibility for my drinking was because I was angry at her for trying to stop me. <laughs> so um, Al-Anon provided that for her. And then my mother, um, she, uh, it, it, it took years for her actually to realize that my sobriety 
was a fact of life. Uh, I think that it, it took at least three years to realize I wasn't out drinking when I was actually going to meetings. And I was uh, sober, and our relationship slowly evolved. And I was odd because near the end of her life, um, we'd always had trouble fighting with each other. It was difficult. And when we were able to actually get angry and then laugh, um, we had the relationship that we that was wonderful. Um, and so before she died, we had both come full circle because of AA. And, uh, it, um, but it wasn't easy, and it was a long healing process, which we participated in together. Um, and it wasn't obvious all the time, but um, I think without Al-Anon, it couldn't have happened for her and for me without AA. But... So she was a. She was probably she was very definitely a codependent person. She was and, uh, but, I I know that it was out of love. But she had to let go of being, the controller in my life. And I think Alan helped her her look at her own life. So, yeah. So that's kind of um, the primary figure. Anna was my mm-hmm. mother. <laughs> that's great yeah that's the paradox isn't yeah. it is that mm-hmm. helpfulness isn't always helpful uh, real spirituality a lot of times is about letting go and not trying to yeah, as a person yeah. be somebody else's higher power yeah work. someone said one time that she was trying to she was trying to get her husband sober and then she realized that she had to get out of the way so god could get in there <laughs> mm-hmm. do something so that was kind of the way it was yeah Mm-hmm. So spirituality really is uh, per, is important in every every aspect of of our lives. Mm-hmm. We're almost at the yeah. end of our time here, but do you have a, a final word of wisdom? I know that in your life you're facing some transformations, perhaps, or or feeling mm-hmm. some callings to the depths of uh, in a good way to the, a deeper spiritual walk. Even what. What could you mm-hmm. say to us about uh, spiritual transformation, or what's what's the message, your word of wisdom? Well, the thing that's been coming up a lot for me is um, surrender uh, and accept things exactly as they are right now and to maintain a very practical meditation schedule, associations with friends like you, walking and... Uh, uh, appreciating my life that I have. I think gratitude, every alcoholic knows that, you know, very, very grateful for, for the chance I've had. And so, yeah, that's what I work on today. All right. Mary, thanks so much for being my um, guest here today on Spirit of Recovery. And thank you for sharing about how you do live your spirituality and how you are truly a, a spiritual adventurer and so willing, so willing uh, to put this uh, spirituality into practice and these uh, principles. And you, clearly, you're a blessing in life. Oh, thank you, Anna. <laughs> thank you. And thank you all for listening. Uh, God bless. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back with you here next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. 
Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. If I were brave, I'd walk the races where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, 
and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.